Welcome to the Sideline Live podcast. Subscribe for more episodes and follow our social media at the Sideline Live. We'd love to hear from you. On this episode, I'm delighted to welcome me, senior intercounty footballer David Toner. A quick note: this episode was recorded back in September, before any intercounty games had resumed. I hope you enjoy the episode. Hi, David. Thanks a million for coming on. Hi, Orla. How are you? Yeah, thanks a million for having me. No problem at all. Uh, I just want—I like to give the guests kind of about a minute to kind of introduce who they are, uh, kind of their background, and kind of just give them a chance to introduce themselves. The sort of elevator pitch, as they call it. Yeah. No. A hundred percent. Yeah. So David Toner, uh, twenty-five years of age. Um, I live in County Mead play a bit of football with Mead, um, Club Curaha. Um, I suppose I studied in, did my undergrad in DCU, uh, graduated with a, um, a bachelor, or sorry, marketing, a degree in marketing, and then did a master's in digital marketing in TU Dublin. Um, big shout out to them. And yeah, just kind of, trying to get through this whole pandemic at the minute uh, same as yourself I assume yeah it's a bit of a different time for everyone um, and kind of going back to the to the start of your kind of playing days with, with GEA did you have what was kind of the background with your family and what, was it a big GEA household growing up or was it just I'm just going to go down here for the crack and try it out yeah no it probably was a bit of a, a GEA household um, dad played a little bit with the with Ashburn who'd kind of just be uh, a few kilometres outside the club where I'm playing for at the minute. Um, decent footballer, a bit slow, as he says. Um, he was in the he was in the way more than anything, which is probably what made him a decent footballer. Um, uh, so yeah, he he brought me down. We actually we originally lived in Castleknock. Um, okay. So growing up, I actually started playing with Castleknock, um, and then uh, Mam had land here in Mead, so we decided to build a house and then obviously then started playing with them. So yeah, would have played with Castlenock at a young age um, and then, yeah, continued the career from there, I suppose. Very good. So you're a true dub then. <laughs> oh, I, I'm going to cut this into I had to, I had to bring that up. <laughs> <laughs> no, I'm, no, I'm not. I'm very, very, very much not. <laughs> Brilliant. So when when did you move to, to Mead? Was it, were you at a young age? Yeah, young. I was, uh, I think I moved when I was about eight or nine Um so kind of started like under tens with with me with that with Curragh club. So yeah, young, yeah. And did you play any other sports growing up, or was it just eat, sleep, breathe, GA? Uh, I played a lot of soccer um, growing up as well. Um, and then did a few kind of um, summer camps and stuff. Did a few with home farm. Um, was actually probably a better soccer player than GA. Um, okay. Yeah, funny enough. So, but I think with dad's background in, in GA, I think that was the reason I kind of chose to go that route. But um, yeah, definitely better soccer yeah. player. Did a bit of swimming as well. I suppose mom was very keen on us getting uh, being able to swim at a young age. So yeah, um, started swimming in Coolmine there, um, not far from Blanchardstown, and yeah, so I suppose and then a bit of hurling as well. So they were kind of the main sports I was I was involved in. So there's obviously a big crossover there with with soccer to GEA that obviously benefited you a bit there. Definitely, yeah, yeah. I think in terms of um, you know how you kind of read the game, I think is very it kind of translated very well to GA. Probably one of my biggest um, strengths at the minute is being able to read a, a game, which I think I got from a young age playing soccer. Um, 
Mm. Uh, so yeah, I think that was definitely something I took. Yeah, that's interesting. And then growing up in Mead, were you a member at all of any of the sort of development squads and stuff like that in the Mead County setup? Yeah, I was uh, I actually probably a latecomer to kind of development squads um, when you're kind of talking about, you know, under, I suppose, you know, from maybe under 10s up. I kind of came into development squads at probably, I think I was 16. Um, okay, at the, yeah. there, there's like a, a competition at the minute <laughs> where I think me, I think Calvin, sometimes Dublin put in like a, a, a team into a competition. It's called the Jerry, Jerry Riley. Um, it's held up in Kells. Um, uh, sorry, Oldcastle. Apologies. And okay. yeah, so that was kind of my first taste of, I suppose, uh, kind of inter-county football. And was there any sort of highlight from your underage career with club and county? Is there anything that kind of sticks out in your mind? Um, I suppose like coming from such a small club, um, we were always very competitive. I think, you know, a few of us kind of good players came up at the same time. Um, players like, I suppose, James McIntyre, who's with the senior team at the minute, um, mm-hmm. Evan McGovern, these guys, we all kind of grew up together and I suppose kind of, we, we won a lot of stuff uh, as we were kind of coming up and I suppose the, the kind of highlights from that would be just, you know, the club wasn't really winning much when we were kind of yeah. not involved and um, I suppose, yeah, you have to kind of give credit to the management as well that were involved with us and, um, mm-hmm. but yeah, probably not, not major highlights from inter-county or from playing with Mead. I suppose at that age, it's kind of just getting a feel for a county setup and playing with players yeah. from diff- different clubs and, um, mm-hmm. So yeah, that's probably the the highlights. And then kind of looking looking back on, you know, your underage and kind of growing up and training, is there any particular skill that you wish you worked on or you've kind of realised, God, you know, young players should really focus on doing X or Y. Like I know weaker foot is obviously a big, big thing, but is there anything, you know, small things or other things that you've noticed that, Jesus, you know, 15, 16 year olds should really be working on this? Yeah, I suppose you. The main one you mentioned there was weak foot, um, and something I was very keen on, uh, or very prominent in terms of learning. I suppose Dad actually was the reason for that. He was very a big believer on having two feet, and something mm-hmm. definitely I benefited from now. But um, yeah, I think it's again, it's it, with GA, it's very much the basics. Um, you know, getting I suppose bogged down in terms of tactics and everything. At the end of the day, it's it's kick, kicking and catching a football, and I suppose. Yeah. You know, the, the probably main skills are being able to kick a football, which is, you know, you, you see the likes of the players who went before me, Colin Cooper, you know, renowned for just being able to kick a football. So, yeah, yeah. Prob- probably would have spent more time, you know, kicking at targets, trying to hit, uh, you know, yeah, probably just kicking at targets and trying to, you yeah. know, improve my aim and stuff. Mm-hmm. It's like, I think Mick Bowen, uh, he did a GA conference and he was saying there's four skills in the game kicking catching pushing and shoving there's not to <laughs> not to overcomplicate the training because i think that's sometimes you know the tendency is to overcomplicate especially for kids these days absolutely um and i think i heard another great one during the week as well i think it was a, uh someone said the worst skill ever brought into gaelic football was the solo <laughs> uh, that's so i think that that kind of that sums it up yeah definitely uh and then you talked about there you you were kind of a member of the latter stages of development squads uh, were you a part of the under 21 campaign at all or how did you kind of bridge the gap to playing senior yeah that was I suppose it was probably minor where I kind of made the jump from uh, just regular club football to kind of to playing with a county setup. Um I was lucky enough to be involved in um, minor I was two years minor um, great 
great manager who's over me again now, uh, Andy McEntee. Um, Andy was my minor uh, manager two years in a row. Uh, got to an All-Ireland final the first year, um, beaten by Dublin, funny enough, uh, three times that year in the league. Okay. Or in the league, the Leinster Championship and the All-Ireland final. Um, so that was, I suppose, my first real taste of uh, inter-county football. Um, and Andy kind of came in and kind of changed the way a lot of players thought about the game and played the game. And I suppose that was replicated in, in the results we were getting. Um, and so then, yeah, did that first year minor. And then second year, Andy was also involved. And so played that. I think we didn't do as well that year. Um, I was actually, I was injured in the first uh, championship game, went with a broken ankle, which was unfortunate. Um, yeah, that's tough. And then, yeah, kind of kind of kicked on from there, I suppose, under 21s. Mm. And yeah, not as not a, as successful a career with the under 21s as I did with minor, but um, yeah. h- helped bridge that gap, as you said. And what was that like, you know, being involved in Leinster finals and All-Ireland finals at the minor stage? Was was the final in Crow Park? Yeah, the so the Leinster final was in Crow Park as well as the All-Ireland final. Um, and it, yeah, like it was my first, like I said, kind of real taste of county football. So I suppose it kind of became like a, I'd, I'd nothing to really compare it against. And mm-hmm. I suppose it was uh, it was surreal being able to play and, and warm up in Crow Park even. You know, yeah. it was, I suppose it's every kid's dream. But uh, yeah, it was definitely kind of a bit star- starstruck at the time. Yeah, I, probably, you know, nearly at full capacity, even for the minor game. And I'd say the, the noise even and just, I'd say it's memorable. Your first time playing in Crow Park, I'd say, because you've been obviously dreaming about it for so long. It's obviously definitely. a huge, huge part. Definitely. And I think, I, I am not, I can't 100% remember, but I think it could have been me than Dublin in the in the senior final as well. So it was oh, kind okay, of right. <laughs> yeah that double kind of minor and senior so yeah. like you said it was pretty much full to capacity uh in this Brilliant. towards the second half and yeah it was it was it was it was a cool experience and then so you may you obviously played under 21 then were you drafted into the seniors kind of straight away or was there a couple of years where you were working working like with your club and by yourself or at all yeah uh, i think i was two years under 21 and Again, like I said, kind of not as successful a run in that. Um, and then I was brought into the yeah I was brought into the senior team the the year after, um, by Andy as well. Um, so Andy kind of from the minor kind of knew me, and mm-hmm. yeah, so it was I think it went straight into the senior setup, um, which was yeah definitely quite a quite a, a step up. Yeah, and was there anything when you obviously made the jump? Was there anything that you realized? Oh God, like I need to really work on this or that. Or was there any sort of like welcome to the big leagues moment? Oh yeah, for sure. Um, I think you probably name it yourself. I suppose the physicality was the first thing. Being mm-hmm. able to, you know, I think the first training session, I I think I had Donald Keoghan tackling me, and I got absolutely swallowed up. And I I I'll, I probably the one thing that stands out in my mind is that just being helpless in a tackle and not being able to get out and I suppose yeah. that was kind of what brought me then to the, the gym I suppose the gym kind of stage of my life um, and yeah. which I'm very much heavily involved in now still yeah and was there anything like was did you have any sort of mentors or players that really took took you under their wing I guess kind of you know coming into the dressing room for the first year yeah definitely um I suppose one thing me that were very renowned renowned for at the time was I suppose the camaraderie that you know we're they're used to having and you know pulling all in the same direction and I suppose players like Donald Keoghan and um I know Mickey Mickey Burke um 
lads who, you know, were, were you can't replace them in a dressing room. And I suppose for young lads coming in is it, it's invaluable. Um, I think the first bit of advice I ever got was from Donal, who um, I think it was in an O'Byrne Cup game said something like, um, just get your hands on the ball and give it away straight away, and then you'll be yeah. in the game. You know, so yeah. I suppose what he was saying the, is, don't do too much. Kind of thing. Exactly. Yeah. Get yeah. get the first touch. Don't do too much. You know, I suppose it's the first ball mm. you get, you lose it, your head's gone straight away. So, so that was the, that was probably advice. the best bit of advice I've ever gotten. And you know, I even still use it mm. to today. Yeah, I might take that bit for myself. I definitely yeah, need it. Yeah. <laughs> and then kind of talking about your first year uh, in basketball, a big thing is sort of like the rookie duties. Was there any? Is there any? Anything like that in the GEA? Yeah, it's funny. I suppose, like you said, basketball, and I think even in terms of, I think soccer as well is another big one. It's it's kind of a like a rite of passage having kind of rookie duties. Yeah. I think it's something that's a bit. I don't think it's as prominent in the GEA, and probably something okay. that should be. Um, I think it's it, it's it's a good uh, a good kind of lead into a into a squad. But yeah, I think we had a, an away game. Uh, I can't remember where it was, but. Uh, I think we were all kind of having, I think we were all in the bus home and think having a few cans maybe, I think it was at the end of a campaign or something. And so a few of us were mm-hmm. asked to get up and sing. Um, oh yeah. Sing a song. So of course, I don't know why I decided to rap. Uh, <laughs> so I thought that would have been a bit of a change from singing. I, it was a terrible <laughs> idea. Um, and I think is there think any I, is there any video evidence of this? Uh, definitely, no, definitely, God. definitely put this link in the in the description. <laughs> no, no, and if there is video evidence, it's been burnt. So um, no, it was. I think I, I think I chose a Drake song, and I had a load of foul language in it. And I can remember looking at the management team when I was doing it, and they were absolutely appalled uh, <laughs> at this foul language I was using. But again, I was just trying to impress, you know, being the rookie. Yeah, yeah, that's it. Yeah, I know with the with the NBA, it's funny they to bring like little like Barbie bags and like pick up like dinners and stuff, and God knows what. Maybe maybe when you're the it's part of the the senior the senior part of the team, you can you can start doing that to the players. Definitely, yeah, I might get a list a list from you if you have if you have yeah. any ideas. Definitely, I'll send that on. Um, and then kind of talking about the the demands of you know intercounty football. It's obviously you know very topical and very prevalent at the moment. What is sort of the weekly schedule? Because I don't think people really realise the work that goes in. Like it's not just they always talk about you know Dublin, Dublin, Dublin are training all the time, doing gym work. What is sort of the the weekly schedule that you guys you know go through sort of in season? Um. Yeah, I suppose it's important to say, first of all, that I suppose COVID has kind of changed everything now at the minute yeah. in terms of schedule. So I suppose if I am, I'm referring to, I suppose, pre-COVID oh, yeah, yeah. days. Yeah, um, totally. Yeah, the, I didn't mean to say that at all. It was more kind of maybe last year, let's say for the 2019 campaign, what was your sort of weekly schedule coming into the likes of the Super 8s and stuff like that? Yeah, yeah, no, definitely. Um, it's 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 grueling. Um, it is very, very, very demanding. I don't think, I suppose, like you said, it is quite prevalent and there is a lot made of it, but I don't think it's, you know, from a player's point of view, it is grueling. Um, I suppose the different stages of it in terms of pre-season and then league and then championship preparation, it's 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 all very different, but at the same time, it's, it's, uh, it's, it, it is tough. And mm-hmm. I, like you said, everyone kind of goes on about how Dublin are, you know their preparations and stuff, and I suppose they are at the minute uh, a bit of ahead of, ahead of the curve. But in saying yeah. that, there's very few counties who aren't putting in the same amount of hours and the same yeah. work and the same you know I suppose working behind the scenes as Dublin. I think yeah. uh, it's you know 
we they're not really out- getting the credit i don't think in the media you know it's not just dublin doing whatever two days like everyone is is putting in the work it's inter-county football it's not it doesn't really matter like if you're all earned champions or not absolutely absolutely and everybody a lot of people prepare the same way um and yeah i suppose something when i got brought in andy i suppose had his kind of his ways of, of doing things and preparing and he you know he was very very keen on mixing in gym sessions with you know just running sessions and and doing stuff in your own time i suppose he did hand mm-hmm. a lot of responsibility to players to do stuff in their own time to maybe for try and free up that schedule a little bit instead of you know having lads coming in for an hour and doing a gym session he expected you to do the gym session on your own you know to mm-hmm. save you having to you know meet up and come in you know so he did put a lot of onus back on the players which i think a lot of players definitely responded to um mm-hmm. but yeah like it, it is it is tough but uh at the same time it can be very very rewarding you know yeah totally and then in terms of the off season then um sort of you know finishing up with with the county and with club as well i know football it's different in that day in that sense of you know when you're finished county it's straight back into club in terms of your own off season would you give yourself much of a break coming into the likes of november december or are you still kind of tipping away at home doing your own things yeah i, I suppose personally now uh I'd, I'd be very much in the I would take it, take the foot off the gas, so to speak. But I, I wouldn't, mm-hmm. uh, I I wouldn't stop kind of doing stuff and and try to keep mm-hmm. myself in some sort of shape because uh, I suppose the harder, the longer you leave your kind of your holidays and your breaks, the harder it is to come back and try and yeah. you know get back into shape. So mm-hmm. I'd be very much uh, into the gym and doing my own stuff during the winter. Um, mm-hmm. I suppose yeah. when club when club football finishes, I'd be I'd still go to the gym, you know, four or five times a week. Um, keep myself into shape, eat decently. So, yeah, I, w- I wouldn't say I completely, you know, take a month or two off. I, I, I very much like to keep myself in shape and, you know, mm. keep going. The, yeah, it's interesting because uh, JJ Reddick uh, plays in the NBA and he was saying before on his podcast that he, no matter when he finishes in the season, he doesn't pick up a basketball until like July 4th. And it's interesting to hear like some players obviously prefer keeping you know like you were saying keeping in the gym keeping tipping over and he was like no I am taking a break completely for a couple of months even yeah and I suppose even with the the schedules that the NBA have I suppose I, I don't know I'm not too sure how many games they have in a season but it's mm. I can only imagine it's the last incredible thing. amount yeah it's I like can only imagine the last thing at least. Uh, yeah. yeah like they, probably the last thing they want to see is a basketball during their off season totally. so um, yeah. but I suppose similar to that I wouldn't be kicking a football around as much in an off season I'd be I'd be very much just doing the trying to keep the body into in a certain you know shape and not put on too much of a of a yeah. ned. Yeah, but you're giving yourself at the same time sort of a mental break from the likes of getting the football and doing the drills and stuff. Definitely, definitely. And I suppose when you like what you're when you like it, I suppose it's easier to kind of keep going. Like I'd be very much, I'm I'm quite gym fanatic in in that kind of sense. So I actually yeah. enjoy I enjoy it. You know. Yeah, exactly. That's the key thing, I think. And with your own training then, would you do much cross-training at all? You mentioned before soccer and swimming. Is there anything, you know, especially in the off-season that you would do uh, probably just to keep yourself fit? Um, I, I, I suppose, would you believe this year, actually, I did do, um, so I, I think friends, uh, just various, we set up like a, a five-a-side league. Um, oh, brilliant, so yeah. I, I, think, I think twice a week we used to play five-a-side just up in, in, in the local pitches and I think to be honest, coming back from that, I was fitter than I've ever been. Um, yeah, it was it was incredible the the amount that you'd kind of sweat during a session like that. And I think 
you know, instead of having to go up to the hill of Tara or something and run, you were able to play with a football and stuff. So yeah, I, I, I would try and, you know, keep going. And again, like I said, I, I do the gym and stuff, but no, mm-hmm. I, I haven't really done anything in terms of like, you know, maybe going, taking up swimming or cycling or anything like that. I, I tend to keep it very much uh, kind of, you know, football and that kind of, you know, that kind yeah, of way. That's really interesting about the five side that, because again, you're with your mates, you're having fun, bit of crack. Like, and again, it's different. It's not Gaelic football. Again, it's soccer, so it's similar. And you're Absolutely. keeping your touch. And it's it's obviously benefiting you because you can't handle the ball and you're getting your kicking and, you know, your touch right with your foot. Absolutely. And again, and it's kind of keeping, you know, ligaments and tendons moving and, you know, so they're not mm-hmm. shook when they're coming back to action. And yeah, I must say yeah. probably the most enjoyable off-season I've had in a long time doing that. Yeah, that's brilliant. And then kind of talking about your own game and sort of, you know, your pre-game routine, do you have any sort of superstitions or do you have like a pre-game meal and music-wise, you know, what do you sort of listen to and stuff like that? Uh, yeah, I suppose one one aspect of my personality, uh, I, I'd be very much a ca- like a caffeine junkie, you know. Uh, okay, yeah. So I'd be, I'd be driving to games with a can of Monster and then I'd take a pre-workout and uh, I yeah I, I love getting kind of hyped and buzzed for games um yeah. so I, I very much kind of I high caffeine into high caffeine intake before games um I suppose the one thing I do like to stick to is just get as loose as possible um mm-hmm. I, I, I find like you know starting loosening up way, way before any warm-up is done is, is key probably to my uh pre-game routine um I like mm-hmm. you know getting as loose as possible um, and is that through like foam rolling or do you just have stretches or exercises or yeah yeah fo- it'd be foam rolling and a mix of exercises mm-hmm. and stuff like that but yeah. um yeah I, I i like i just stick the headphones in and just you know uh sh- shake the hips yeah and definitely a bit of drake there going on uh, oh music, for sure <laughs> for sure for god's plan that's that's a bit of me now. yeah yeah good good and then uh kind of chatting about your career you you play defender with me what was kind of the typical you know uh forward that you you know you're coming out and you hate mark and you know are they fast are they just constantly moving off the ball what are the sort of traits that you've seen of the really successful forwards yeah um i suppose being division one for the first time this year um was definitely a step up to anything I've, I've experienced before. Um, mm-hmm. I suppose it, it helped that a lot of the forwards we have uh, training are like Division One standard forwards. Um, yeah. You know, you're, if you're, you're marking the likes of, I suppose, Brian McMahon and, and Donald Lennon every week, you're going to be mm-hmm. you're going to be used to the movement of forwards. But uh, yeah, the step up, I suppose, one game that kind of sticks out is, I suppose, uh, down in um, down in Killarney against Kerry. Um, I was marking. I was on Paul Ganey and mm. I suppose yeah is I thought he did quite well in him now but yeah his movement yeah. was something I, I just I you know probably stood out to me that day he was constantly yeah. moving off the ball and yeah it's a, it is a massive step up but I think if you're if you're going in with that mind frame of you know Jesus I'm, I'm lucky to be here and I'm uh, you know I'm, I'm these lads aren't, I'm not good enough to mark these you know you're not going to be good enough to mark them so yeah uh, you have to I go suppose, in with total confidence and belief in yourself you know I'm here absolutely. for a reason yeah absolutely totally. yeah and mm-hmm. and I'm I'm well able for these for these and that is I suppose a, a kind of an attitude I do bring to to games when mm-hmm. I am playing you know I, I you know I might have watched them playing football when I was younger but now I'm marking them yeah. and I'm well able and I'm looking forward to the mm-hmm. challenge yeah you're not coming in with stars in your eyes like oh my god I'm marking x or y like it's I'm here to do a job and I'm going to take you down absolutely. With, uh, absolutely. Long with it, like absolutely yeah, brilliant 
and kind of talking about your opponents then who would be the toughest you've ever marked you can be with me and with with any sort of intercounty squad yeah um i suppose paul is one that comes to mind um i suppose then the same game i, I was i was on david clifford a good bit Again, another, you know, very good Did forward. your hands full that day? <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. I suppose when you're going down to Kerry, I suppose that's what you can expect, you know. Yeah. Um, uh, unfortunately, the league got postponed just before we got to play Dublin. So mm-hmm. um, I was looking forward to that challenge um, to mark some of their forwards. But yeah, I suppose the Kerry forwards were very good. Um, and yeah, probably the ones that stick out to me as well. But again, like I said, when you're training with, uh, you know, Division One st- standard forwards, it makes everything so much easier. Yeah, it's like the quote: uh, "Iron sharpens iron, iron sharpens iron." So you know, you're you're playing against the best in training. You're going to go up against the best and do a absolutely. Job. Yeah, that's yeah, exactly brilliant. it. Yeah. And then obviously, uh, the big kind of talking point for the start of this year, uh, with the league and with the league last year was the mark. What is sort of your opinion on the mark for sorry for the forwards? So you know the attacking mark. I can't. I don't know the actual name of it. What was your opinion of it? You know when when it was announced, were you kind of skeptical of it? What 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 did you think of it? Uh yeah, I suppose originally it was because it's just so unknown and I suppose you can kind of only go off the games that do implement it I suppose mm-hmm. being AFL and I suppose everyone I think you know start, started to think that GA was going to turn into the AFL um, mm-hmm. to be to be honest the games I've played I don't see it affecting games as much as people think um, okay. I, I think just thinking back to the league campaign we just had we didn't we didn't gain a lot of marks from it and I don't think we conceded a lot of marks I suppose the nature of inter-county backs, uh, you know, being as tightly, being as tight markers as they are, I think it is tough to to be able to, you know, get marks. Um, mm-hmm. But, you know, I, GA is, it doesn't tend to change overnight. You know, players yeah. don't don't tend to change what they've been doing the whole time. Mm-hmm. You know, if, if, a, if a midfielder isn't, you know, used to kicking a ball 40 yards for a mark, he's not mm-hmm. just going to start doing it all of a sudden. Um, and yeah. so I, I think it will take a while for it to kind of be brought in and to kind of really mm-hmm. start to affect games. But I definitely think it's, it's the GAA trying to move the game in the right direction, um, yeah. which I think is probably the main point I'd, I'd give to, to your question. And um, they mm-hmm. are trying to make it a more, you know, I suppose spectacle to watch and mm-hmm. to, yeah. you know, so in, in that sense, I, I, I'd be very, very in favour of it. Yeah. Mm, that's a good point you made like it's not like overnight it changed the game like it's probably going to take maybe the guts of a year or two maybe three for forwards even to get used to it and to kind of implement that into the game plan absolutely yeah yeah like I said you know players aren't going to change how they play overnight um, mm. and yeah again like I said it is the GA trying to move the game in the, in, in, a, in a direction to make it better mm. for everyone I think so uh, mm. yeah you know definitely and then sort of as a defender then you spoke about it hasn't really come in that much has it sort of changed your style at all or as as a defender like how you mark your your the forwards at all or is it just you know the same I'm doing the exact same as before yeah probably um I suppose I I'd be I'd be a big fan of the NFL which is uh probably what probably my favorite game to watch at the minute um, mm-hmm. and I suppose I take a lot from what the defenders in, in uh, cornerbacks in NFL do um, and bring that I suppose to my try and bring it to my game um, mm-hmm. in terms of you know just trying to be as tight as tight as markers as you can make it difficult for forwards um, you know my experience is forwards they all tend to love themselves you know 
they're all uh, they're, they're they're all forwards for a reason. And so yeah. yeah, I think I think if you get in their face, and um, I think I heard a great quote from Colin Nally, who who uh, who is our coach. Um, you know, they're not lazy forwards; they're just you know selective participation. Um, oh, that's a good one. Yeah, I like so that one. yeah, so I think uh, yeah, it's I suppose it hasn't the mark hasn't changed as much as my defending as I would have before it, but um, definitely mm-hmm. something you're conscious of in a game, I suppose, depending on yeah. as well the size of the man you're marking and stuff. So Yeah, that's interesting you said about kind of looking to the NFL, like their footwork and stuff. Like I've seen some of their workouts, they're absolutely insane. So you're definitely out with the speed ladders, I'd say every every few every few weeks. Yeah, I do. Yeah, definitely. I try and take some uh, some stuff that they do and their training regimes. I follow a lot of them on Instagram and stuff, and uh, and and do look at a lot of their their workouts. Um, yeah, look, they're I suppose they're professional. They're doing uh, you know, the professional almost from from the time they leave secondary school, high school over yeah. there. So it's uh, it's it's a game I love to I love to study, and I do mm-hmm. take a lot of stuff that I do from it anyway. Definitely. Yeah, I watch a bit of the 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 combine I just find it fascinating like you see the size of these lads like they're not only tall but like they're big men and they've like when they do that 40 yard dash oh my god like it's just it's crazy the speed that they have definitely yeah yeah and mm-hmm. I suppose look I, I, at the end of the day it is it is their their livelihood and their future so exactly. I don't know maybe maybe if the GA turns professional we'll start seeing uh outrageous outrageous GA players coming through yeah, there be there be the counties, uh, the county managers be flying over to the states, getting a few of the lads to come over. I think exactly. Yeah, yeah, we might we might, we might yeah. see the GA combine become a thing as well. So there you go. Yeah, that's a good idea actually. And then kind of looking back, uh, what's the biggest thing you've learned so far in your football career? Um, it's the biggest thing I've learned so far. Um, I suppose in terms of you know not from so much the football side, but probably the relationship side of it. Um, mm-hmm. I've made I've made some probably best friends from true football and I suppose it's it's important to you know as well as you know football is important it's not the be all and end all um mm-hmm. which I think is is definitely something if you ask anyone I, I I would be very much described me um I've learned that you know when you leave the white lines I suppose you need to leave it there you know if you mm-hmm. if, if there's something you need to improve on if there's something that you're not happy about you can fix it but I think when the game's over the game's over um and I mm-hmm. think you need to you know yeah, like I said, it's not the be all and end all. Yeah, totally. That's that's a good point. Uh, you know, when you cross the right line, you leave it there. That's something that I always think of it like mistakes are like glue to the brain. Like I can tell you a mistake I made eighteen months ago, and something that worked for me was um was kind of not a journal, but you know, if something was at me or if I did something wrong in a match, I'd write down what I did wrong, but also what I did right, because I think our tendency is to not remember. You know, I made a brilliant tackle or I got a big block. It's uh, I let him get a goal or something like that. Absolutely, yeah, and that's interesting that you, you mentioned having a journalist. Uh, we do we're doing a lot of uh, kind of psychology stuff at the minute as well, sports psychology mm-hmm. and that, and obviously something they mentioned. So yeah, no, definitely something that's I think works. And then kind of you were talking about the advice you know players had given you before about you know coming into the senior squad. What advice would you give to players looking to kind of make the jump to play county? Um, yeah, that's that's an interesting question. I suppose do you know what it's it's if it's not broken don't fix it I suppose uh, similar mm-hmm. to what I was told it's it, it is about kind of having confidence you know that you're good enough to be there and uh, I think it's it, you know it was something that I think a lot of players even myself could have gotten bogged down and you're seeing players that you were watching on TV 
uh, and it can kind of, you know, you can get into that starstruck mentality. But I think, you know, you're good enough to be there. You're good enough to be there. Um, don't stop trying to improve. Um, no matter how good you think you are, um, yeah. would be probably a big one. Um, and yeah, definitely, I think just working with a ball, I suppose. Uh, mm-hmm. I think the GA is moving. It is moving in a bit of a direction like the NFL in terms of strength and conditioning. But I think at the end of the day, you know, I think ball wins all. So I think uh, mm-hmm. that's probably my, my, my tip to younger players, definitely. Yeah, trying to get out and for even 10 minutes a day and just kicking a football, getting the touch, getting used to it. Like your football is your best friend. Like Absolutely. Uh, Bernard Brogan's book, he talked about his dad, I think, bought him 10, 10 footballs or something and he was just out there kicking the leather off them every week and obviously you know looking at his career it obviously worked out well from geez he, he was able to afford 10 o'neill's footballs he, he was, <laughs> i'll tell you we're not we wouldn't have that luxury down here in mead now no no that yeah that's the aig money i think maybe that, yeah that's almost 200 quid there so no yeah lo- lo- lucky lucky <laughs> yeah and then you recently started up your own youtube channel uh for sort of kicking challenges and stuff what kind of prompted you to start the start the challenge the channel yeah yeah, yeah. I suppose um, I suppose I kind of started over lockdown. Um, I would have been very much... Uh, what I'd watch on TV is sports, I suppose. I wouldn't be mad into kind of series or stuff like that. I, it'd be live sport, which you kind of, you know, would, would, would take up my afternoons. And I suppose when that kind of stopped, I kind of went elsewhere for kind of sports content um, mm-hmm. and ended up kind of going to YouTube and came across a lot of YouTubers and stuff that were doing you know suppose challenges and skills and sports related content that I just found really you know I suppose I kind of gravitated towards just watching that and mm. kind of just said like with all the free time I have why not I suppose do a few of it myself and mm. uh, you know I suppose it'll get me outside as well which I, I think a lot of us tended to you know maybe sit and sit at home during lockdown and not leave the house so yeah it got me outside and got me kind of back with a football in my hand so I suppose that's kind of where it kind of originated from you know yeah I think especially with it's only starting to come in now but there was there's not a lot of GA related things on YouTube like you were saying like I obviously follow basketball there's so much there like there's a number of people and like probably hundreds of people doing content but with the GA you've you could count it on your hands like nearly the amount of people that are doing stuff so it's good to see you know it becoming more of a regular thing for players you know to watch like like young young guys and girls in Meads to watch you know senior footballers doing a kicking challenge that's something they can do themselves at home that and you know what that's actually a good point you raised it was probably another reason why I started being able to you know have I suppose someone for younger kids to look up to and say you know to watch to watch content sports content and kind of get them excited about you know kicking a football mm-hmm. themselves um I, I suppose even I, I don't know if you're a TikTok user but even content on that yeah. as well is, is very much just every second video is basketball related content like you said and yeah. I suppose there isn't there is that lack of kind of GA uh, I suppose you know content to consume when there's no live games on and totally, I suppose that's yeah. kind of where I kind of got the idea from you know mm-hmm. Handy now if you potentially if we go into another lockdown you've you've something to keep you ticking over that's it absolutely yeah yeah just you know diversifying in as many things as I suppose I can yeah exactly and you said you before you had a American degree you didn't have any did you have any sort of media experience before or videography or was it or was it just you know I'm just going to give this a lash I'll pop the camera down and see what happens yeah I would have had a kind of a quite a 
a small bit of experience in it. Um, I did a few kind of work placements in, uh, I suppose my first one was in Sport Ireland. Um, oh, okay, yeah. Where during my undergrad, I, I, was, I did a year there. So I would have done a lot of kind of uh, kind of sports kind of videography there. I suppose being around videographers, you know, filming live events and stuff. And I suppose, got, you know, you kind of subconsciously pick up tips from that. And um, mm. the, the majority of, of, of what I learned came actually from YouTube and just watching videos on how to mm-hmm. edit videos and stuff. And again, like you said, it, it probably does fit kind of nicely with the marketing background I do have. So, mm-hmm. yeah, you weren't technically going in blind but I always I I always think of it like it's sort of like the YouTube degree like I technically have a YouTube degree in podcasting because I just googled how to do podcast <laughs> like, absolutely yeah but that's the joy yeah. of YouTube you know totally yeah we're very lucky these days to have it and then uh chatting about your channel um did you have any sort of dream player that you'd want to do it with in terms of I know you love the NFL so if you had like a dream um GA NFL and maybe another sport to kind of collab with if there's any sort of player or YouTuber even Jeez, you're getting me very excited here now Orla uh, yeah <laughs> you never know who's uh, listening you, ne- you never know if they might be tuning in <laughs> that's what I'm hoping that's what I'm hoping uh, so yeah. I better name them all just in case uh, no definitely yeah something I- I'd love to I'd love to do um, I think yeah one that sticks out is probably Patrick Mahomes the quarterback from the yeah. Kansas City Chiefs um, yeah That'd be a good one, all right. Yeah. Patrick, uh, if, you're, if you're listening there, just get in contact, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I appreciate that, I appreciate that. Yeah, very good. And uh, do you have any sort of goals with the channel or what, what can we expect uh, over the next few months? Yeah, um, definitely, I suppose, club football is kind of finishing now as well. So I suppose I, I, I didn't release as much stuff as I would, kind of would have liked to. But yeah, no, the goal is to it's to kind of just keep doing stuff I kind of enjoy doing um, and then bringing my friends into it as well. Um, mm-hmm. A lot of the, a lot of the people featuring in, in my videos are people I, I'm kind of, I'm close to and people who mm-hmm. I know and I kind of enjoy, you know, the bit of kind of the banter with them uh, mm-hmm. during it. And yeah, just to be honest, to kind of get as many kind of young people seeing the videos as possible um, mm-hmm. and try and, you know, maybe get them to kind of to influence them to get out and get, get playing football. And uh, I suppose it's kind of a, a, a kind of a, uh, double doink as they say they're they're on the phone to watch the video but to hopefully get off it straight away and then get outside and, and get get kicking you know yeah brilliant kind of uh, emphasizing players don't just watch me get out and do it yourself come absolutely like, in a couple of years come challenge me and you know play against me and take my spot obviously you know? that, that's exactly what i'm saying exactly be the next be yeah. the next generation um and yeah, yeah. Ex- even in saying that something i'd love to be able to do to to have an open challenge with uh with, with kind mm-hmm. of young people that would kind of kids to get them up and you know kicking against me yeah. I definitely it, it wouldn't come be down, definitely have to come down to me now and and uh d- d- definitely g- uh, give you a bit of a challenge what do you think look if, if you watch the videos i've done so far there's not much of a challenge i'm uh yeah. <laughs> i'll fit in great. well then i'll fit in well exactly i expect a win from you I expect a win <laughs> brilliant and then moving on to the final segment it's uh what's called the sideline seven so it's the same seven questions to every single guest so the listeners can compare uh, so question one is what is your favorite quote what is my favorite quote um i suppose uh you miss 100 percent of the shots you don't take yeah that's a good one all right uh michael, michael jordan like was it like, i think it's michael yeah. jordan yeah yeah i think yeah, yeah. the go- yeah the goat of everything uh best sporting event you've been to um i went to a 
I went to a, um, it's called a training camp in um, San Diego during my J1. Um, it's it's basically a training camp for the NFL before they get into uh, preseason oh, okay. games. So it's where uh, fans are allowed to come along, kind of meet uh, meet the the players and stuff. Um, oh, definitely. And wa- watch some training. So definitely, I was, yeah, I was starstruck watching that. Yeah, that's unreal. What kind of, what year was that? Was there any sort of big names at it? Oh, what year was it? Um, God, don't quote me on this. I think it was 2017, 18. Okay. I think 20, yeah. 2018. Um, so yeah, I think who would have been there at the time? I, I, to be honest, I wouldn't have been as, as big into the NFL as I am now. Um, yeah. So I wouldn't have been able to name as many, but I think I, I remember, yeah, just seeing the size of the players and just, yeah. yeah that's was... up close as well as in you were saying you had a chance to kind of maybe meet some of them. That's amazing. That's yeah. definitely, I might, I might look into it and try to go see Do it. Yeah. And it's, it's, it's free yeah. and it's, yeah, yeah. Oh, it's free. Oh, even better. Yeah. yeah you just, you can just show up to the, to the training camps to where they train and just sit, sit on the sideline and watch them, watch them go at it. Wow. Yeah, that's amazing. That's pretty cool. Um, biggest setback or challenge so far in your career? Um, biggest setback or challenge so far is probably setback would have been I like I said I broke my ankle there about mm. uh, yeah about I think God I was eighteen so at least five six years ago so that was the biggest okay. setback at the time I, I first tough injury I uh, was doing well at the time so I kind of struggled to deal with that. And yeah. biggest challenge, I think, uh, has to be COVID nineteen. I suppose, doesn't it? Yeah, trying to get, trying to get out and do your runs and do whatever by yourself. I'd say is obviously a big challenge. It is definitely, yeah, yeah, definitely. Yeah, yeah. Uh, next question is your biggest achievement on or off the pitch. Biggest achievement on or off the pitch. Um, I suppose on the pitch, it it'd be two. I think. I suppose playing Division One football with me this year. Um. Mm. And also winning a junior and intermediate championship with my club, Karaha. So that'd be the two biggest achievements on the pitch. Um, off the pitch, um, graduating my master's uh, in digital marketing was was a tough year and um, was the you know was worth it in the end. Yeah, it'll pay dividends hopefully now in the future. Uh, interesting, yeah. you brought it back to your club. It's I the tendency with with you know people have had on. It's always your biggest achievement usually they do mention their club it's it's who you started with it's who you're you're going to finish with it's obviously a big part of your life oh for sure yeah for sure i wouldn't i wouldn't trade uh i wouldn't trade those medals for anything in the world brilliant that's very that that's very inspirational isn't it very sad yeah yeah that definitely is i'll, I'll definitely uh, uh do a snip of that and just have yeah. that as a clip uh looking back as well uh we're doing a lot of reflection in these podcasts it's, i have to start moving forward uh what advice would you give your 18 year old self um what advice would I give to my 18 year old self um care less about what other people think yeah yeah i, I always one. find uh, this obviously setting up a podcast was pretty big for me because you're at the age of everyone's like what are you doing like that's weird like nobody does that and it's it's funny because the people who give out or like slag you are, are usually jealous or they want to do their own thing anyway like they just they just they're kind of want to you so they can do it Absolutely. And as well as that, even with the YouTube channel, I would have started it years ago if I had taken the advice that I kind of just said there. So, yeah, I think it's like, but Ireland is, I always think of it like sort of an island mentality, as in, you know, if you're living in a little village, it's right, everyone's going down 
this road but if you step one foot out like it's the talk of the town it's oh my god look what she's doing look what he's doing yeah I, I honestly couldn't agree more um, mm. yeah I, I, I had a few I remember heated debates even on my J1 about that how mm. being in America uh, it's so you know the mentality I suppose in stepping out of your comfort zone is just so much more I suppose it's done over there and over here if anything yeah. to, if anyone does anything out of the ordinary it's uh it's very much, you know, what's that? I suppose, I, I don't know if you saw that TikTok house that came out recently. Oh, yeah, the Go House. Yeah, the, yeah I saw that, the controversy. That, that's, that's the first thing that comes to mind, you know, people trying to do something that's a bit different and then people just kind of yeah. put them down put them down for it. So that's, yeah, like you said, island mentality. Yeah, yeah totally. Yeah, you're trying to stop everyone kind of going for their dreams. And yeah, it was the stuff on social media was just atrocious. Uh, what was happening was I know. disgraceful. I thought it was absolutely disgraceful. Um, your dream dinner guest, uh, if you had to pick an, it, like anyone in the world and why? Um, my dream dinner guest. Um, if you can't, if you can pick one, I'll allow a few. That seems to be a, a theme. It's somehow turned into a dinner party at this stage. I know. Yeah, yeah. Like, yeah. God, I suppose you have to keep two meters apart as well, which is important. Yeah. Oh, definitely. It's been a big room as well if it's a dinner party. <laughs> um, I suppose do you know what? I probably have to go back to to the NFL and probably say Odell Beckham Jr. Yeah. Yeah, that's a good think, pick. I think he's very cool and I'd, I'd love to just have a chat with him and just see what's up. Yeah, I was watching his uh, his highlight reel of his catches and they're just unbelievable. Yeah, yeah. Probably why I got into it in the first place. Yeah, yeah. They're, and I'd love to see what he does in the off-season with the likes of, you know, what, they're throwing tennis balls or whatever he's doing. That'd just be, that'd be fascinating to see. Um, my final question before I let you go. Uh, if your life was a book, what chapter would this be called? Um... God, geez, very good question. Yeah, um, I robbed it off another podcast, so I'm not. I can't take the credit for it. <laughs> no, look, that's 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 fair. Um, if my life was a book, what chapter would this? Uh, I'm gonna go with just getting started. Okay, so we've we've big things to expect from football and YouTube. Hopefully, hopefully, fingers crossed. Yeah. 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 Very very good. So look, I'm gonna let you go. I just want to wish you the best of luck this season. Hopefully, everything goes ahead with with COVID nineteen and everything, and best of luck with the with the YouTube channel. I think I'm. Uh, we might set up a challenge maybe next year. Definitely. Yeah. Yeah. And I suppose if anyone is uh, looking to find me on YouTube, just uh, type in David Toner on YouTube. Um, you can find my videos there. Uh, follow me on Instagram and stuff. And yeah, again, thanks a million for having me on. I really appreciate it. Yeah, no worries at all. That's the marketing degree coming in handy there, giving the plug. Oh, you know for sure. You know it. <laughs> exactly. Thanks a million, Dave. Really appreciate it. No worries. See you now. A massive thank you to David for coming on today. And I just want to wish him and all of his teammates the best of luck this season. If you are listening on Apple Podcasts and did enjoy the episode, be sure to leave a rating and a review as it does help the podcast to grow. If you are interested in setting up your own podcast, be sure to get in touch with the Primal Productions team over on Instagram at Primal Pro. Thanks for listening and I'll catch you in the next one.